0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Good morning, Uh, we had been doing chapter 14 from the Uddhava Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna to Uddhava. Now, last week, if you remember, we had done a few words from verse 33 onwards. So we had completed few words like, Non-injury, truthfulness, non-stealing, non-attachment, shame, non-accumulation of wealth. Now, these are the words which are called as yamas. See, there are two things which we say in in the scriptures, which is which a normal human being who is on the path of spiritual is supposed to follow. They are called yamas and niyamas. So, these two things have to be always looked at. So, first is the yama, and the second one is the niyama. So we had done just about I think six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of those. Now we are going to do the rest of them. Alright. So we will continue. So we are doing Udhav Gita, chapter 14, the last message of Sri Krishna. Krishna is giving Uh, discourse on the yamas and the niyamas to uddhava now he had spoken about the yamas so i will read the verse but i will continue from where i left so verse 33 the lord said non-injury truthfulness non-stealing non-attachment shame non-accumulation of wealth faith in god chastity silence patience forgiveness fearlessness these are the yamas So, we are going to start from the faith in God. Now, when the term faith in God comes up, it is not a part of the Patanjali's yamas, niyamas. Please remember this. Patanjali was a different sage from a different yuga. It has nothing to do with Krishna. Krishna's yamas and niyamas are totally different. And Krishna is God Almighty. We are talking about somebody who is far, far superior than any sage anywhere. So his way of giving lessons to us are going to be completely different. Sages, as you know, over a period of time, they have evolved into their own religious belief systems. There are Advaitic, there are Advaitic. There are non dualists dwellers, you name it. There are so many kinds that there are mhimansakasana. Everybody is evolved like that. Some of them practice certain arts. Some of them preach certain things. But here we are not talking of any sage. We are talking about Sri Krishna. He is not an ordinary mortal. He is not a man that we can say, Oh, he is a man. He is a great person. No. He is God Almighty. He has mentioned this so many times in the Bhagavad Gita and here also in the Uddhav Gita he has said, I am the ultimate destination. There is nothing beyond me. This is there in not only Bhagavad Gita which is the book that we believe in all Indians. Even in the court we take the same book and we say, you know, Gita pe rakke, all that. But please understand that is the book we go by. It's a part of the Vedas. The total percolation of all the knowledge from the Vedas is in the Bhagavad Gita. The same knowledge expanded version is in the Uddhava Gita. And that is the reason why whatever he has said is the ultimate truth. So we have to accept this as the main one. So when he says faith in God, this word means quite a lot. What God are we talking about? When so many people came into India, they brought their own philosophies. Way back into the past, the Turkish Empire crawled all the way into India. You will find that they brought in their stuff. People from China came in. People beyond China came in. You have heard of Genghis Khan from Mongolia. He came all the way from there. Then you have heard of Alexander the Great. He brought his own philosophies. Thereafter, the Islamic rule came into the picture, which we call as the Muslims. The the Mughals came in. Mughals are not Mughals. Their origin is from this Turkish Empire. Alright? So they came all the way. And thereafter came the British. Now, every, every person who comes into India changes the entire way of thinking. Today, young children have absolutely no clue what they are supposed to do. If you ask a small you know, a child, 8 or 10 years old, and the child will come to the mother and ask this mother, Mom, who is this God? Can you tell me something about him? The mom says, See, we have so many photographs and we have so many, you know, things in the house. We are praying to Shivji. We are praying to Vishnu. We are praying to this form of Vishnu. So we have to pray to this God. The child can ask further questions, but he is never satisfied. Because till date he has seen his parents suffer. They have never got what they wanted. They wanted money. They are suffering for that pennies. You know. Little little stuff. They wanted a big house. They don't know how to take a big house. They wanted a big car. They don't know how to take a big car. They want loan from the bank. The banks said no to them. How many things are going wrong? There are so many diseases that they have to pay for, you know, to take the child to the doctor and bring him back is not an easy task at all. Thereafter his fees, name it, thousands of things are going wrong. The person who is working, whether it is the mother or the father who is working in the company is going through their personal hell and the child observes all this. And the child is in no way able to understand what is wrong with my father or mother. They are praying to this God that they have in their, you know, shrine, in the house shrine. He is Shiva, he is Vishnu, he is this, he is that. So many devis are there. You know, Lakshmi Devi is there. And that Lakshmi is not even giving money to me, to our family. We are in such dire straits. Why is God bringing so many diseases in this world? There is coronavirus. I can't go to school. I can't meet my friends also. If I have to meet my friends, I have to put a mask on. The child thinks like this. The child wonders, what is this God that these people are talking about? And then he becomes an atheist because he is ruled by the foreign civilizations which have come into India. They have brought their philosophies. So the true nature of God has been forgotten. So who is this God? Nobody has any clue. They put some demigods in front of them. These are all demigods by the way. All this is Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva and all this, you know, Lakshmi, Saraswati, Parvati, you name it. All these are demigods. They put these gods in front of these children and they say, pray to this god, do this service unto this god. And they don't know why they are doing it. They go and attend temples. When they go to temples, they will tell their child, now put your hands together and bow down. You see, if you don't bow down, the god is going to get very angry. The child says, I don't like this prasad that you have made, you know. I want my burger. I want this. I want that. Can I have my pasta? And the parents have no clue what they are supposed to do because the parents themselves are ignorant to the core. They don't know what God is. Till today nobody has taught them. Their own parents have not taught. That means the grandparents have no clue about this God. The great grandparents also have no clue about any God whatsoever. They have no idea and they don't know how to bring this faith back into anybody including their own self. Because they have truly no idea whatsoever. And who is responsible for this? The education is responsible. The kind of education that we are getting and giving our children, people have, the children have absolutely no idea. I was just now talking about a person. One of the film actors has named their child Taimur. Taimur was the greatest villain in the history. Taimur is the name of the greatest villain in the history. Taimur Lung is the one who killed millions of Indians. Indians means Hindus. When he invaded India. Imagine calling your own child Hitler. Is it allowed? And this is the culture these Indians are living in today. How can you name your child Hitler? In the same way, how can you name your child as Taimur? So that he should rule over the rest of India now? Can you imagine this? And I was speaking to some people and they have absolutely no idea who invaded India. Why? Because their education is doctored. They have no clue whatsoever who invaded India. You can ask your own children. Do you know the history of India? Nobody has any clue. Oh, I know about Vivekananda, you know. Oh, you know about Vivekananda? Who invaded India? The Mughals came. Who told you Mughals came? The Mughals never came. It is the Turks. And that is the knowledge which nobody has. This is the truth about life today. And it is impossible for a child to get the right answers. So you have irresponsible parents who have no idea what to tell their children about God. And here one of the yamas is faith in God. What God? Nobody has any clue. So when Krishna says yama, faith in god we should know which god we are talking about the god who is unmanifest whom we call as the brahma and the god who is manifest whom we call as krishna now krishna is a name given here but any other place in the world he is called as god almighty In some of the other countries where they practice religion, whichever country that they come from, there, that God is called by different names. Father in heaven. Some places they call him Allah. If Allah, Father in heaven, God Almighty, Krishna is the supreme God, faith in that God is important. Why? Where are the demigods coming from? The parents are themselves so ignorant of this fact that they don't know the bhagavad gita is not even known to them they don't have any clue and those who sit for my satsang also 50 percent of them say that we you know we are listening to your satsang but we don't have any idea but the same thing you ask them about different stuff you know Do you know in TikTok which which channel is playing? Or do you know in Instagram who is there? Has your friend made a nice cake? They will know all that. I get my groceries from this store. I do this. But any idea about God? Zero idea about God. So faith in God is a very important term. I told you I am going to go... One word at a time in this and even if it takes another few, you know, satsangs of mine. If you have the patience, sit through them. And if you don't have the patience, go away from here. I am recording this for posterity. Those who want to see, will see. Those who don't want to see, can get out. Faith in God is important. And what kind of a God are we talking about? The one who is unmanifest and who is manifest also. That God we are talking about. Now think about what other yogis have spoken about. The other yogis who have given the yamas and the niyamas they say we have Shivji as our God we have this one as our God we have that one as our God. I just now told you These are called demigods. Demigods is not almighty god. There is a higher one above. Alright. Demigods means demi. The word demi means half. They are also called deities. When you want something from them, whether it is money, this, that, many things, no? You should go to these demigods because they are departmental heads. You want education, go and pray down to Saraswati. Saraswati ji, I am going to give you, you know, one kilo peda so that I can come first in my examination. Or you will pray to Saraswati when the time comes and you say to her, you know, what, I have a recital just now. I have to give music. I have to do a dance. Because I have to do a dance, can you please help me? And Saraswati is going to help you. It's the same thing. So understand these are called demigods. They are not gods. Okay. You may wonder whether the same thing is there in Christianity or any other religion. Naturally the question may arise Christianity came into the picture 2000 years ago. Before that what was there? I will tell you. In those regions, in the Middle East, in Africa, in the Middle East, in parts of Europe, they also had demigods. Okay? And they were called demiurges. Okay? So... Even in the pure times, you know those times when we are talking before Jesus Christ, B.C., B.C.E. In Africa, they also had demigods. They were called demiurges. They also went by some other names. The Aeons, the Archons, you wouldn't even know half of them because you have never known these things. They also said the same thing. These are called demigods. They have departmental jobs. A departmental job means, okay, you look, uh, you see in charge of this, you you are the one who is in charge of the grains. So God of grains is there. Somebody is told you be the god of marriages. Somebody is told you be the god of love. Somebody else is told you be the god of death. You be the god of birth. You be the god of taking care of people. And there are gods of ill health also and good health also. In India we have all these kind of demigods. Okay. Okay. When Krishna says faith in God, he is not talking about any of the demigods over here. The absolute knowledge and faith of the supreme divine which is beyond all these demigods. These demigods will all be merged into this and destroyed at the end of time. Got the answer? So if they, these gods are going to, these demigods are they going to be destroyed, then can they be called God? They have a finite lifetime. God Almighty should never have a finite lifetime. So when you teach your children, do not teach them false knowledge. Do not teach them knowledge which all these taimurlungs Lungs and everybody has given. He has put a gun against your head and told you this is what you got to follow. When the Britishers came into India, they changed the entire history of India. Please remember this. So next time when you talk to your son or your daughter, don't talk to them about some demigods and then there is is unity in this and there is that and there is all those kind of things. Please understand. There is something which you need to talk about. And that is the faith in this supreme God that we talk about. Those who are followers of love and devotion, love and devotion should know very well that love and devotion, Krishna is the divine God who is the ultimate, the last one. That is why Krishna himself is saying, faith in God, me, The next word is called chastity. Now chastity is a term which has been used so many times in the past. If somebody is asked this question, what is the oldest profession? Oldest profession in the world, profession. You know the answer that they give immediately, prostitution. This is the word they give. That means if there is a prostitute who was there in the past the term chastity doesn't come into play at all. Now I will give you what is Krishna's explanation of the term chastity. Remember karma happens by action words deeds Even thoughts. Just a thought about anything or anybody. You are not a chaste person. The word chastity comes from the word chaste. The thought is corrupting. Just the thought that yes, I want to possess this person. The desire. The desire of this makes a person fall down. A desire. It is a lusty desire. The lust that may have, the person may have for any another person. Could be a man, could be a woman, could be any other. Just the thought itself. Some people Think that having physical sexual contact is the meaning of that. No. doesn't mean that. The moment that desire comes, you are no longer chaste. So the idea about chastity is very very strange. Why has Krishna included this word over here? Those who are on the material worldly path, those who are grahastha or on the material worldly path, they have certain set of rules which are again niyamas. We will do them. This is a yama. This is the primary requirement. If you want to be in spiritual, this is a primary requirement. No dirty thoughts also. Action is different. Thoughts. So this is a term which you need to understand. This also comprises of lusty ways of life. Desirous So you have to get rid of them. Now you may say Krishna is very harsh. Why should he tell us this? Well, the basic requirement of spiritual is that if you want to have lusty thoughts, if you want to have desire of any kind, there should be only one desire of wanting to be with God. Single pointed devotion means just that one person. The divine, the supreme divine, the God that we spoke of just now. The supreme divine. That is all that we need to bother about. When we are here, in this material world, the thoughts, if they are only regulated towards God, Meanwhile, doing all the work that is needed around us, then you are following the Yama of chastity. The next word is called silence. Now silence is a very, very strange word again. What is the meaning of the word silence? Silence doesn't mean shutting your mouth. That is what everybody thinks. I am shutting my mouth. I am silent. I went into Maunvrata. What? As per, you know, the other sutras, I was in Maunvrata. I did Mauna for many days, you know. That is the first thing that I do. That is not called silence. Silence means silencing the mind. It is not connected to the mouth at all. Mind takes all its inputs from five. Eyes, ears, nose and skin. So five of them. Inputs from this. Inputs from the five sense organs. Then it takes inputs from the five organs of action. The ten together create input data. That is then cogitated upon in the mind the cogitation that happens is the cacophony, is the noise level in you. Because the mind is judgmental. Anything that you see, smell, hear, touch, feel, walk, handle, you are making judgments immediately. There is no silence there. There is only a lot of noise. So much of noise that you cannot even imagine. You might have shut your mouth and said that I am in Mount Rat. I am in silence. No. You are taking inputs from your eyes, and you are looking at that person and saying, look at the way he's dressed. Your mind is talking about it. Or you hear some people. You know, we are going to get this food to eat. Your mind says, I have been eating this crap for last so many days. And now today also they are going to serve the same crap. Your mind is spoken. Reactions come in. Tell me where is the silence over there? The term silence where Krishna is concerned is not that shutting your mouth. Shut your mind. Stop it from reacting to everything. If your mind is lost in God, then there is no choice for it to react to anything. Let us say somebody calls you by a particular name which you don't want to hear. It's a childhood name. Alright? That person's name is something different. But let us say he is called Chintu. Now Chintu means a small guy. In India the word Chintu means a small guy. But this person may be six feet tall. And hello, Chintu, how are you? I hate this person calling me this. Who has spoken? Mind has spoken. If the mind has spoken, you have immediately gone into a karmic action. It is a karma which has occurred. Why are you reacting? Your mind has reacted. It is making judgments on that person. Got it? Silence of the mind is the first yama over here which you need to understand carefully. Silencing the mind is the primary requirement because if you do not silence the mind, you are going to get into bigger and bigger trouble. Understood? So silence your mind. This silence extends on words also. Even if the other person is saying something, doing something, acting out or whatever he is up to or she is up to, If you give a reaction to it, even if the word comes out from the mind or from your mouth, Oh my God, what is he doing? Just these petty words is going to put you on a cyclical loop with that individual in a karmic way. You will have to keep on meeting this person again and again. Why would you want to meet this person? So, stopping yourself from thinking is very, very important. It is the Zen con that I keep on talking most of the time. It is attributed to Buddhist people. And they say Buddha is the person. It's a Zen con. Now, in a Zen con, there are two monks walking down. One is a guru and one is a shishya. They meet a beautiful woman. The woman says, I can't swim the river. So this one person, the one of the monks, who is a guru, says, hop onto my shoulder, I will take you across the river. So she hops on, they go across the river, He drops her over there and they both start walking. After an hour or so, the other monk says, it must have been really wonderful to carry a beautiful woman like that. So this monk looks at this other monk and says, Are you crazy? Why are you still carrying her? Now do you understand? If a thought of a person keeps on rankling inside of you, it is called karma. Now think. If you have that thought for 1 hour, 2 hour, 3 hour, 4 hour, 1 day, 2 day, 3 day, 4 days, maybe a month, 2 month. Do you know what is the calculation that is there remember in krishna's world whatever you give him it comes back to you hundred or thousand times back isn't it isn't that known to you so if you are thinking of this person for one hour kindly take 1000 hours in your name because 1000 hours the reverse will happen to this and you So not in this lifetime but some other lifetime. Why would you want to meet this person again in some lifetime? You may become a human being. Okay. And this other person may become a scorpion. Or maybe a robot. Who knows? I don't know. And that person is going to irritate you further. And you are going to irritate that person. Why would you want to be in a karmic loop with this person? It doesn't matter what they speak. So silence is the most important word here. Be silent in your mind also. In this there is a rider. The rider is this. Krishna always talks this kind of a language. The rider is this. If you want to have thoughts have sattvic thoughts. Have sattvic thoughts about a person. If you really want to have thoughts. If you want to think about some person thing or animal or whatever have sattvic thoughts about it. If you have sattvic thoughts then you will be born as a human being in a higher womb. If you have rajasic thoughts You know the Rajasic thoughts could be, I wish that person doesn't come back again or some kind of a thought that you have. If you are a Rajasic thought person, then that thought is going to make you into a demon or you will be born as a very poor and a miserable person. And if you are thinking, I want to kill that person, I want to destroy him, I want to make mincemeat of him, The moment you have this thought it is called tamasic thought. And when you have tamasic thought the life of what you are going to get in your life is first you will become a rakshasa. Or you will be born in the worst womb on earth. Maybe you will be born as a a worm in the shit. I mean that is what even Sai Baba said. So Why would you want to be born like that? Ask yourself this question. If you really want to have a thought about a person or an animal or whatever, can you not have a sattvic thought about that person? So when the person says certain things bad about you or any other person, have this thought. He does not know what he is saying. She does not know what she is doing. Please forgive them God. If this is the thought that you have, then you will be born in a higher womb. This is Krishna's philosophy. I am not pulling it out of my hat. I have already done these lessons in the Uddhav Gita as well as in the Bhagavad Gita. And we are going to continue doing this. So please, silence means silence of mind. When there is silence of mind, there is automatically silence of the mouth also. So the word silence has been explained to you. The next word is called patience. Sai Baba used to say saburi. Saburi means patience. Human beings have no patience. They don't have any patience anywhere in this world. They want instant results. They want here and now, 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 now. But they are not interested in putting, giving any inputs to it. Now this patient word will be explained to you in a different manner. Remember this. Okay. Now I am giving you what is the Yama part of it. But the same word patience will be explained by Krishna slightly differently. And you will be amazed at what he says. You need to have patience in this world. Patience with everything, everybody. Forgiveness. The next word. When you have to forgive this world. Remember the word which I said just now. Jesus also said this on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Every person who is irritating you, putting you in the wrong place or saying something bad about you or whatever the other person is doing, good or bad, you are not supposed to react to it. Please forgive them. Because they do not know what they are saying. They are ignorant. They have no idea. Spiritual perfect people are different. Spiritual people are different. So forgiveness is an important word. Last is called fearlessness. We need to have fearlessness in this world. Fearlessness doesn't mean becoming stupid. Okay, it doesn't mean that you have to go and fight a dragon. Okay, otherwise you will say, Guruji has said, I have to become like Arthur, you know, or the Lancelot, whoever that person was. I should go and fight the dragon also. No. Now in today's day, and the dragon is next door. China. They have surrounded India from all the sides. They have taken over Nepal. Nepal was friends with India. Today these same people are saying why are you making you know a road from our country? They are saying why is India having a Gurkha regiment? Gurkhas are Nepalese. Nepalese should join their Nepal army not Indian army. So Gurkha army. Actually, the term Gurkha is very strange. Do you know the term Gurkha comes from a very important saint, Gorakhnath. Gorakhnath is one of the Navnaths from the Nath sampraday. Okay. So they could have been descendants of that. Who knows? So we have Mr. Oli and all those other people talking about India. At every forum they get, they are saying something bad. Why? China has taken over that country. Literally. In Pakistan, which is another country surrounding us, they have taken over that land. So we can't fight the dragon there also. Bangladesh another country next to us. They have taken over that country also. Everywhere they are paying dollars and billions and billions of dollars. And they have literally bought these countries off. So now on the north, northwest, Pakistan, China ke hai. Nepal, China's friend. Bangladesh, China's friend. Where are we left now? South, there is a very big port called Hambantota. I don't know whether you know about this. 99 year lease has been given to China. So Sri Lanka also, they can have their entire navy if they want. Their entire battalions can surround us. Whom are we left with? We don't have a single country left around us who can, whom we can call as friend. Even Iran, which we were, you know, making a port over there. The Chinese came over there and they brought that entire place up. They have given them 70 billion dollars as aid. In the next five years, they were going to pump in 70 billion dollars. India can't even spend 1 billion over there. So Iran which was supplying us cheaper oil is no longer supplying us. Instead of being a friend, it is not our friend. Now think about it. The term fearlessness, where does that come into the picture? If you are surrounded all sides by the enemy, by people who are literally not your friends, everybody is fearful. And then on top of it, we don't have money. Then on top of it, we have coronavirus. And on top of it, we have our own community people fighting with our own selves. If you all are parents over here and if you all are young people, you should be proud that you are from this particular place. And you should know That yes, we have to become fearless doesn't mean foolish. We have to have friends also. All the people who are surrounding you, they have to be friends. If we have friends, then we can progress in the future. But if we have enemies, we are going to spend a lot on defense, isn't it? The money which we can spend for education or any other is now going to go for defense. This is a political thing. The term fearlessness, according to Krishna, incidentally Krishna is the one person who who has spoken about war. Those who know the Bhagavad Gita can definitely say these words, Krishna is the epitome of how warcraft is to be done. He has given political knowledge also. He has given the knowledge of the art of war. Later on, the Chinese came up with the art of war. But the original art of war was given by Sri Krishna to Arjuna. Fearlessness doesn't mean becoming foolish. Fearlessness means you should know exactly the right kind of thing to be done so that you can become fearless. When Krishna is on your side are you fearless? 100% because if God is on your side you will become fearless. But if a person doesn't even know who his God is, how can he become fearless? Then he's afraid of the devil, isn't it? You is see, do you get what the point which I am trying to convey? You are afraid of ghosts. You are afraid of the devil. You are afraid of going to hell. And you are afraid that your enemy will strike you any moment. See? And this is the terms. Fearlessness doesn't mean foolishness. You should have the political, the economic, the social will, and the responsibility. And you should know exactly how to say the right things at the right time. That is more important. We move to the next one, which is called the Niyamas. So we are doing verse 34 now from chapter 14 of the Uddhav Gita. Purity of mind and of body, repetition of Lord's name, austerity, offering of oblations in the sacred fire, faith in oneself, hospitality, worship of me, visiting of holy places, working for the good of others, contentment, and service unto the teacher. That is the last one. So, like I said, we will do step by step. Purity of mind and of body. This is a niyama. First one was niyama. Second one is niyama. These are the basic rules that we need to follow in our life. The previous ones were the primary ones. These are the secondary ones. Purity of mind and of body. Your body has to be pure. Your mind has to be pure. In the Yama, I was clearly talking to you about silence. How to silence the mind. When the mind is silent, you know there can never be a silent mind. You should know this, isn't it? Your mind is called a monkey mind. Can you tell the monkey, sit in one place and don't do anything. Your child is a monkey. You know the small babies that you have, they are monkeys. Put them in one place and say, don't do anything. Do you think they will do that? They are like monkeys. They are going to keep on doing something or the other. Wherever they are sitting, they are going to do what is necessary. Because their mind talks. So, to get rid of that, we have to fill our mind with the thoughts of God. So he says, purity of mind can come with the thoughts of God and body. Now body is something which is very, very rare. The thought of body is something which you need to understand. You know, this basically we have an adult channel. I don't have children over here who are listening to satsans. So in the adult channel, we normally talk of certain subjects which are taboo in this world. So when we speak of purity of body, the purity of body not only talks about being clean and neat at all points in time, You should be having wearing clothes which are washed. A clean body. But the clean body also means a couple of more things. Those who are on the path of spiritual should know for the males there should be no throwing out of semen. Those who are doing the other scriptures with me will know these words has come. I think in the Sai Satcharitra it had come. Isn't it? Where Sai Baba also says these words. Ramakrishna Paramahansa also said these words. And Now what are these words? These words are for a man he has to take that upwards and it creates a separate channel for that man you should know that just one one dot of that sperm can generate a person like you have you not been uh, are you born yes you have come from the tiny dot So how much of energy does it have? How much of power does a little dot sperm has? Tremendous amount, isn't it? And if you are throwing billions of sperms away, can you imagine the amount of power that is there within this? Now, when you use this, for your own development, a spiritual development on the path of Tantra. You pull it inwards and do not allow it to go out. You literally have the power of billions because one sperm can create one human being. A huge man Imagine your one sperm can create one Elon Musk type or an Albert Einstein or a Beethoven. Just imagine that. Or one Sachin Tendulkar. One dot. I am not saying some ordinary person. I am talking about that if your sperm can create such great people in this world and a billion of them together, can they not create like that? Yes. So now please understand the value of it. When we talk of this term, purity of body, it also means that those who are sannyasis, they are not supposed to do that. Throw it out. No. When you are already having children in the material world, The thought also should not come that I want to indulge in some activity. No, that thought also should not come. You should be clear whereas your thought is also concerned. Your mind, the purity of mind is important and the purity of the body is also important. Diseases happen because we do not go to the loo When the time is right. Isn't it? If you regulate your bowel movement properly, many diseases can be taken care of. see, there are certain things in in life which a person doesn't actually understand. Now, When a person is not indulging in this kind of things, he comes across, you know, when it's collected to the alimentary canal. The alimentary canal is called the food canal. The food canal starts at the mouth and ends at the anus. You should know this. Okay. If you do not eat the right kind of food, The stomach can go for a toss. So the entire alimentary canal can get affected and 50% of our body's actions, nerve cells are in the stomach region. They are the one who is regulating your body. And if you go in for keto diet, pito diet or God knows whatever diet that you want to, if you think that you know, oh I have lactose intolerance, I cannot do this, I cannot do that. Do you know the reason for that? It is because you have gone and spoiled your own life. You should have eaten what is the right kind of a meal. So when you do not have proper bowel movements, You are not clean in your body. Purity of body is important from all angles, not just having a bath. Someday in the ahead, you know, we will be talking about food. At that time, I will give you a clear understanding of what kind of food we need to have. This is not the forum right now. Repetition of Lord's name. To keep on repeating the name of God constantly. Not, you know, the four letter words by the way. Hmm? The four letter words, oh Jesus. No. Jesus is different. What word you are supposed to say? The God that we talk about. Take his name constantly, doesn't matter. You may be given a Khan mantra or not given a Khan mantra. Why are you bothered? Just take his name. Some people come to me and they say, you know, Guruji, we have heard that we are supposed to say the, you know, the maha mantra, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. We are supposed to say that because I have read it somewhere. Some foreigners have come to India and they have said that we are supposed to say this. Foreigners have come to India and told you to say these words. I didn't know that. I thought Ram and Krishna already lived over here. Even if you say Shri Ram, that's enough. Even if you say Om Ram or whatever. If you say Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Do you know which Ram they are talking about? You see, the Ram which they are talking about is Bala Ram, not Shri Ram. Got it? There you got your answer. So just say Krishna, doesn't matter. Just say Sri Ram, doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. But taking the name of God is important. Not when you are giving expletives people give expletives and they take the name of Oh Jesus! Oh Krishna! When when you are in that state of being, you will say these words. No! God's name is not an expletive. It is not a bad word. They say instead of saying Oh F, we are saying this word. You know, So they are replacing WTF with Oh Jesus, Oh Krishna. That is not the way. It is an expletive. You are using the wrong word over there. The moment you take the name of God over there as an expletive, as something bad, it's not good. Taking the name of God at all points in time when you are going to sleep, take his name. When you get up, take his name. Got it? That is the way in which you can take the name of God. So we have just covered two words. Two. Two. (laughs) Whereas niyamas are concerned. Tomorrow we will try to complete the rest of the words also. Alright. So I hope you have understood. This knowledge is extremely important. And when I started with history of India. Those who are Indians Please go and see the true history of India, not the false history of India. I'm coming back to that. All you educated people in this world, those who are doctorates, those who are PhDs, those who are, you know, masters, those who are graduates in this, in my satsang, whoever is listening in, please know the true history of India and don't keep on talking nonsense. We have a very good history and always remember the true things that the past has given us. I'm not saying that you have to go back to the past but the past teaches you a lot. So learn from there. These yamas, niyamas have come from Sri Krishna himself. They have not come from an ordinary mortal. They have not come from a sage or a saint. They have come from the mouth of Sri Krishna and he is also going to tell you what his way of looking at life is and that will be there in the future. Okay? So we will do this. This chapter is going extremely slow. Like I said, if you are getting bored, then you are free to go. But if you feel that there is something really worth it, stay on. Alright? So I will see you all tomorrow, those who really wish to be here. And listen to what he says whereas yamas and niyamas are concerned and then we will do the rest of it. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.